Hello, everybody, and welcome to Betting with Babies. We've got a jam-packed episode for you guys this week here in week seven. Uh, in week six, just a little quick recap, we had the Jets take care of the Packers handily. The Colts finally beat the Jags. The Giants get another win to move to 5-1, and one, probably the surprise of the whole NFL this year so far. And the Steelers with a huge upset of the Bucks, and much, much more. Unfortunately, our host, Mr. Clutch, couldn't make it tonight. So we go from three to two, but we got the same great content. So without further ado, I'm Mr. No Days Off. I got Maddie's stats with me, and let's review last week. For the TD scores, we didn't do great. But we got some solid guys and some solid stats leading the way this week. For our pod picks, Mr. No Days Off took the Chiefs plus three over the Bills. The Bills won by four, but let me tell you something. I would take the Chiefs at home getting points any day of the week. Amato, he took the Ravens minus six over the G-Men. The G-Men won that game, surprisingly. I still like the bet in hindsight. Maddie, you took the Jets plus 7.5 over the Packers. Let me ask you a question. How'd you do it? How'd you pick that game? I was pure gut instinct. Uh, and it was also a lot of, I was following the money on that one. And look, it's, there's no wide receivers. Um, and Rogers is getting a little bit older and getting a little bit weirder. Uh, he's getting a lot a bit weirder. Agree. And, and, you know, you take away Devontae Adams and, you know, I mean, just think of that final game of the season against the 49ers when all he did is just throw it to Devontae Adams and like kind of move the ball around. You took that away and you replaced it with Alan Lazard, um, Dobbs. Two rookies. Yeah. Cobb. Watson. And I don't even think Cobb played last week. So, uh you know, no, he got knocked it, out. He's out for like a month or so. So he's going to be down to his two rookies and Lazard. Right. Like it, there's just no receivers there. So, and the run game's good, but it's not great. Yeah. It's not great. Yeah. It was, it was a great pick. It really was. I mean, I think I'm still on the Packers a few years ago because I've bet him three times this season and I'm one and two betting the Packers. So I'm, I'm going to lay off him for a few weeks. But I still believe in him. Like, I hated the pick when you picked it. I feel like we need to get off the Ravens. I think we've all yeah. taken, like, L's with the Ravens this year. They cannot hold a lead. I mean, they what they blow? 20 points to the Dolphins, 20 points to the Bills. They lost to the Giants. Uh, but that was, a, that was a Lamar Jackson fumble. I, I read online that he has five fourth-quarter turnovers, and that's just not winning football right there. Nope, can't be turning the ball over in the fourth quarter and winning games. Nope. All right, well, uh, let's move on to week seven pod plays. Okay, Teddy's up first. And <laughs> we just said we shouldn't be betting the Ravens anymore, but we got the Browns at the Ravens, Baltimore minus six and a half. Maddie, tell me some stats. All right, so we're going real light with the stats this week as we're just trying to sneak this episode in. And so uh, in this one, we've got 71% of the cash and 55% of the tickets on the Ravens. This one opened up at minus six and quickly moved to minus six and a half where it's remained steady all week. Teddy, why are you taking the Ravens? 
Okay, a couple of reasons. They're a well-coached team, number one. Traditionally, Harbaugh's great. Two, Lamar Jackson's a stud and puts up numbers. You just can't close out games. But I think that changes because he's he's got one of the best records overall in the first uh, four seasons. I just, I think the Browns aren't any good. They're two and four. The league's catching up with Jacoby Brissett. He had a couple good weeks in the beginning, but I, I just don't think they're going to be able to keep up with the Ravens. And I, it was under seven points and I took them. What do you think? You know, I mean, I, I just said we're getting off the Ravens. So I, I, I don't feel like, I, like <laughs> it doesn't matter who they're playing. Like they could, Joe Montana could come back in the prime to play and I'm still not taking the Ravens. So look, I'm going to go with the Browns. The Ravens can't hold the lead. Browns are going to play run control football. I see a lot of Nick Chubb. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But I'm going with the Browns. All right. Not surprising you fade me. You pretty much fade me every week. So it's kind of your MO. Let's move on to Maddie. You got the Giants at the Jaguars and the Jags are... Minus three. Yeah, so I'm going to be taking the Jags minus three in this one. So the market has only 36% of the tickets on the Jags, but 51% of the cash, which I love mm-hmm. that. I love, to, like love that. to follow the system play. This one's opened up at minus three, and even with the heavier money coming in on the Jags, it stayed steady. Look, the Giants, they're five and one. They're not, they're not a good football team. They keep winning games they shouldn't win eventually that's going to catch up with them. Trevor Lawrence has looked better this season. Not great, but has definitely looked better. And I like the momentum to come out of the Giants this week. They're traveling to Duval. and uh, You like Duval? Uh, you know, to be honest, uh, it's a city that I could, I'd skip. <laughs> Unless I was going with Burge. Burge would be great in Duval. Yeah, absolutely. He, oh, he fit right in in Jacksonville. Let me tell you something. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he did great in Tampa. I feel like Jacksonville is a whole nother level. Yeah. They also have that swimming pool in the stadium, which is kind of cool. There's a swimming pool in the stadium? Oh, yeah. Oof. I it's, feel like that water's cloudy. Oh, it's, it's dirty. Definitely dirty. Dirty water. Uh, <laughs> let's move to Amato's pick, which is probably awful. Um, it's the Jets at Denver, Denver minus one. Maddie, what do you got stats on this game? All right. So everyone's on the Jets this week. So 86% of the cash on the Jets and also 88% of the tickets. There has been a ton of movement on this one. The line originally opened up at minus three and a half and drifted all the way down to a pick them briefly before settling in at minus one this afternoon. I don't know what to do with this game. Like I look well, at the Broncos and like they shouldn't be that bad, and then I look at the Jets and they shouldn't be this good. Yeah, and I don't know what to do except well, say I would stay away from this game. Well, let me give you a little preview. Uh, well, not you because you were on the text, but the three of us were texting. I really goaded Amato into this pick. I said Jets plus one and a half or plus one, wherever it was when I was texting you guys in Denver. That's crazy. And he goes, and I quote, probably the last time they'll be getting points all year. I'm going to take them. And I want that quote on the podcast because I just love Jet fans. 
I love Jet fans because they get so high. They win two games, and their team's going to go undefeated the rest of the year. It's the best thing. And, and my favorite part about it is how they're going to come crashing down in like three weeks. It's going to be so good. I just love watching it. Maddie, what do you think? I mean, it's it's a motto. Like typically, his peak is week one of the season, and then it goes <laughs> downhill from there. Um, so look, hey, you know, take the benefit of the doubt. I mean, I've watched two Denver games in prime time. Which why are they always on prime time all of a sudden? Like they're bad games. Like what's wrong yeah. with Russell Wilson? Yeah, he's bad. Oh, and how about this? Russell Wilson stinks now in Denver. And Geno Smith is good in Seattle. Not great, but he's good. He's serviceable. They're three and three, right? I think Seattle. Yeah. I think they're three and three. Three and three. I mean, and, he had like the number one QBR grade on PFF for like a couple weeks. So what's the common denominator here? Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. Is he a QB whisperer? A DL QB whisperer? I, you know, like, I don't really know. I mean, he's not very good at calling plays inside the five. Ruined it. Ruined it. Don't get me started. Uh, the best so, power back in generation, and you don't give it to him at the one-yard line. Yeah. So, look, I think if I had to make a pick on this one, and I don't want to make a pick on this one, I'm going to go with Denver. Uh, just because I don't think Russell, Russell Wilson is as bad. Like, I don't think he lost it. He Like, he can't have lost it this bad. If they lose another game, though, they've got to fire, like, the offensive coordinator. Oh, it's awful. Hackett's oh. getting he's he's a one and done guy. Oh yeah. He looks very confused. <laughs> Not organized. Was he a Shanahan coaching tree? Like how did he get that job? Where did he, he come that's, from? That's a great question. I don't have the answer to. Let's see where Hackett was. While you look that up, um I'm gonna say let's let me pull up the pod pick total records. Uh Matt, you're in first place at three, two, and one. Amato is in second place at three and three. And of course, I'm pulling in last place duty at two and four. And last place is big this year because, uh, you know, you got to buy the trophy and you got to treat, which really stinks. Because I treated the last two, uh, you know, annuals. It's, it's crazy. You tried to pay for the hotel room twice. All right. All right. Let's not get into that. <laughs> The guy has a good time and he, he wants to share the wealth, all right? You know, funny enough, like Joyce at needed like some money for something. I said, I would just go into my wallet and there's just like $500. She's like, why are you walking around with $500? I was like, ah, Teddy Gay, they gave me all the hotel money. <laughs> yeah. Good times. Good times at the second annual Betting with Babies conference. Yes. So Nathaniel Hackett came from Green Bay. So yeah. Nathaniel Hackett working under an offensive guru with a absolutely stud quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, you know, that'll help you get a job. You know, you know, the Dolphins made this mistake too. When uh, we hired Joe Philbin Uh, Uh, he was working with Rodgers as the offensive coordinator slash O line coach. And we all saw how that worked out. Anyway, (laughs) anyway, to review, we got Teddy, on the Ravens, minus six and a half. Maddie stats on the Jags, minus three. And Mr. Clutch, Jets, plus one. Let's go to the TD scores this week. We got six of them, and I love them. 
First one, Saquon Barkley. Maddie, talk to me. All right. Barkley can't be stopped this season and should have punched in not only the one he did, but a second one. But he slid at the one to ice the game for the Giants. He currently has 69% of the rush attempts at 18% of the targets. So you're getting a running back and a wide receiver playing at the same time. I love his chances to put another one in this week. Yeah, me too. He's he's looking like his rookie year. He's healthy. He's finally healthy. I'm happy for him. Somebody's uh, going to pay him a lot of money. Yes, absolutely. Uh, number two is Austin Eckler versus the Seahawks. Matty? All right. So this game is expected to be the highest scoring game of the week with a total of 51. Eckler is the focal point of the offense, getting 48% of the rush attempts, but getting also a wide receiver level share of targets with 18% on the season. It's really interesting how like Eckler is just like Herbert's security blanket. Like he just throws down to him constantly. Like he, he doesn't even like, he doesn't, he throws the ball at the ground. He gives him a bunch of terrible throws, but I want to say he got like 12 or 13 targets last week. Yeah, he, he was pretty damn good last week. Um, and he's getting, he's finding the end zone a little bit more, you know, after this first couple of weeks, he's back on our TD scores. Remember we gave him a little timeout, but he's back on, uh, number three, one of our favorites. He's always on here. Nicholas Chubb at the Ravens, Matty. The Browns holds a 27% advantage in the trenches against the Ravens D line this week. In a run-heavy offense, which Kobe Brissett can't do much from the air, Chubb, with his 58% of the rush attempts and 70% of the inside the five work, looked like a great chance to punch one in this week. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of strength versus strength there that the Ravens run D versus the uh, Browns rush offense. Number four, CeeDee Lamb versus the Lions. I mean, we got to pick somebody against the Lions. That defense is awful. Matty. All right, so this game has the second highest total of the week, and Dak is back, putting Cooper Rush back on the bench where he belongs. Expect CD to light it up this week against a Lions defense that has been virtually unable to stop anybody this season offensively. Yeah, they got a bad defense. Very bad defense. I don't know. Really, Which is kind no. of, you feel like their brand would be good defense. Yeah, right? I mean, they invest. I feel like they should have a good offensive line, and which they do, so they have a good run game and a good a good defense. Do Do you remember all the hype in the beginning of the season for Dan Campbell and the over? Oh, yeah. uh, oh, like yeah. their wins total, everybody was in on the Lions, and they're what one in five what, now. Yeah, what was their win total? One in four. What was the win total? Five. I think it was like it. It started at five, and then I think it got up to like six or seven. Like everybody was on the Lions hype train. That That's that hard knocks. Nonsense for you. But also, Dan Campbell's the man. Uh, I'm a huge Dan Campbell guy. Once he said he wanted to bite someone's kneecaps off, or, or was it the ankles or the kneecaps yeah. or something? Rip someone's you know, kneecaps? Yeah. So what's interesting, though, is like that is, that quote got played a ton. But then I heard him on a interview with Barstool with Big Cat, which is normally like a ridiculous interview. Yeah. I heard him be incredibly smart, football savvy. Like he just says some ridiculous things, and that's all that people listen to. He's actually... He sounds like a smart football coach. He does. I agree. I think he said something like, if other teams think I'm just a dumb jock, it's better for us or something like that. Yeah. I heard that you know, quote yeah. so, somewhere yeah. on there. Yeah, he sounds like a caveman. 
uh, <laughs> and it's like media quotes, but that's them just like selectively pulling the like one sound bite. They cut out all the smart stuff he says. I mean, but no, he was I'm like big, a big Dan Campbell guy too. Yeah, he he played in the NFL for like ten or twelve years. Yeah, he was he, a cowboy. A, yeah, he was a cowboy for a lot of years. A giant, a cowboy, bounced around a couple other teams. But yeah. All right, number five, we got Tyreek Hill, my man. Leads the league in receiving yards, on pace to do some big things. Why do we like him this week? All right. So we love Hill this week, who looked like a different player with Tua on the field. The Dolphins were really able to stretch the field a lot more with Tua on the field than they were uh, with the ensemble of quarterbacks you guys have put. Was your four-string quarterback on the field at one point last week? We've gone four straight games with our quarterback getting knocked out. Okay. Yeah, four you guys, you guys straight. got some offensive line problems. Past four years, we don't really want to fix that. We're all good. We're all set. Well, we love Hill this week because he's gotten 30% of the target share and actually has 20% of the end zone targets, which is interesting wow. for a guy you would think would be stretching the field. 20% of the end zone target for a, what, five, nine? 180 pound receiver. It's interesting. Jeez, five nine hundred and eighty pounds. He's it sounds like me. Five seven. And are you 180 pounds? I don't think so. No, I'm not 180 pounds either. <laughs> at one point. Yeah. All right. We love Tyree Kill. Uh I'm thinking big things from him on prime time against the Steelers. Sunday night game. World will be watching. Number six, we got Devontae Adams. What do, we, uh, what do we know about Devontae this week? All right. So controversy, throwing a cameraman aside. We expect Adams to have a huge week this week uh, against an overmatched Texan secondary. He's got a 30% target share, which is just an insanely high number. And more importantly, he's gotten 45% of the end zone targets this year. So we'd love to see Devontae Adams punch one in. Wow. That's almost... That's- it's almost two to one. Every other ball goes his way in the end zone. That's nuts. Well, they don't go into the end zone all that much in <laughs> Las Vegas. So, you know, maybe a small sample size. That's true. That's a good point. All right, just let's review our TD scores. We got Barkley, Eckler, Chubb, Lamb, Tyreek Hill, and Devontae Adams. I love our TD scores this week. Absolutely love them. Let's get ready for the dad zone. Welcome to the dad zone. Maddie, how's being a dad? What do you got for me? So we had a uh, we had an interesting weekend this weekend. So uh, soccer going great. We're four zero and one. So absolutely dominating. Layla punched in her first goal this week, and more importantly. Uh, Broke a kid's ankles, like pulled a move. I haven't even seen her pull that move off in practice. Somehow in a game she did. And had like a challenging shot on goal and more impressive than the actual goal she made. She crossed it to a teammate in stride, which is incredibly difficult for a six-year-old to do. So I had a great coaching weekend. But coming out of soccer on Saturday, uh, I had to do a little dad life lesson. Mm-hmm. So I think it was like Thursday she asked for a toy or something. There was a commercial and I was like, no, I don't know. Like we're not buying any more toys. And she's like, dad, you have a credit card. You just swipe that. And like the toy will get delivered. 
And so the valid point. Yeah, I know it is, but it, it, it basically told me that I needed to teach my daughter a little bit more about money. Yeah. Uh, so I came up with the idea for the lemonade stand. Uh, we were going to go do that because I was going to teach her about how it's hard to earn money. So there was also a couple other comments like, well, you could just go work more and get more money. And I was like, oh, God, this is this is not. Wait, she said that to you? Yeah. She was like, it's like oh, well, you have to work to get money. She's like, well, you could just go work more. Like, you know, they, they're six. They don't get it. But just go do wow. more work. You get more money. <laughs> That's good stuff. You should work more. Yeah. Yeah. Pot calling <laughs> kettle black there. <laughs> Mr. 180. Uh, 181. Let's keep it moving. All right. So uh, got the lemonade stand going. Uh-huh. Uh, number one, I didn't, I very much underestimated the amount of prep that I would have to do for the lemonade stand. Uh, we had to go to the store. We had to get a tablecloth because, you know, they had to make it all girly. So we had to get a pink lemon flamingo tablecloth. You got to get the can- canisters to pour the pitchers and all that stuff. You got to get lemons. You got to get you know, lemonade mix and all that. Kind of, it was a lot. And uh, there's not much a kid could do there in the sense of, you know, they fill up the water. That's really it. I had to cut all these lemons. I We sold some, we brought some cookies to sell. Had to do that. I had to bake the cookies. It was it was a bit more than I thought I was signing up for when I said you're gonna have a lemonade stand. This this right now you're t- you're talking like three hours of prep between going to the store, making the lemonade and the cookies, and setting up the table and getting them all set up outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say three hours. It was like between the say like two. Like it was a good two hours of prep. Um, so I thought we would, you know, get, teach them some good lessons about money. So we get it out there. They had to make the signs and stuff. And, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a good, fun, wholesome family exercise. So we get out and, uh, we live on a main strip here. So we've got all those restaurants. There's a decent amount of traffic. Also, I made each one take $10 out of their piggy bank in order to fund the investment for the lemonade. So I was thinking maybe they'll make like five bucks each. You know, we'll sell a little bit of lemonade. They lost money. They made $93 in 90 minutes. The dollar a minute. It was like, it was insane. The amount of people, there was people pulling off the road to just buy lemonade. I've done it multiple times. Whenever I see a lemonade stand, I always stop and buy. Oh, yeah. I mean, because was, those kids, it's, it's, it's exciting for those kids. Oh, yeah. But one of the best things was like the first person who came up, like, you know, they, they hadn't had the system worked out yet or we had talked through the system and they didn't. It was like, she didn't know the questions and this and that. And then after like she served the first lemonade and the lady walked away, she like turned to me just goes, that was overwhelming, dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But it was uh, pretty good by like the fifth customer, sixth customer. Like the two of them had a whole system. They were like pre-filling. My three-year-old was asking what color straw you wanted in your lemonade. It was it was good. Um, a lot of money though. Uh, so it was enough money that we, we had to actually explain to her that she had to donate some of the money. So uh, we picked oh, well, like $90 a bit much. Like we needed enough to like go buy ice cream was what I was expecting. You know, which uh, they did buy ice cream for did, the family. Did you let her buy the toy? 
Uh, we have yet to pick the toy up, but the money is set aside for the toy. And then we're going to go drop off like 40 bucks at the animal shelter. 40 bucks? Yeah, they made 90 bucks. Like, they don't need $90. I would let them keep it. You'd let them keep it? Savings. What about savings? Teach you about savings. Boom, there we go. I don't know. I mean, I've really played up the whole donate the money to the dogs. And like they're like, yeah, sure, let's give money to dogs. All right. So, oh, that's that's excellent. I would just... It's now, one of my dad goals. I am not very charitable, but I want my kids to be charitable people. Yeah, no, we know that. So we're, <laughs> <laughs> have they asked to do it again? Uh, they did. They said, oh, anytime we want a toy, we could just do a lemonade stand. And I was oh, like, wow. Now we got to get into this whole thing. Yeah, well, I was like, well, it's like a once a year thing. Once a year? You think more? It's got to open this spring. You got to do it again. Yeah. Well, also, You're, like, we're not going to be living on this main strip. In yeah. The location, it's location, be, location. Yeah. It's going to be a little disappointing the next time we do it because it's, uh, you know, at one point there was a line of like six or seven people waiting for lemonade. It was. That's unbelievable. <laughs> that's that's so good. I had to step in, you know, had to keep the service quality up. You know, yeah. Keep yeah. Things moving. It was seven ice people. Cubes. was a lot. Talk to you about ice cubes. I went and bought a 10-pound bag of ice. Uh, that's all I got for ice cubes. No, but like, did you put, did they pre-fill the cup with ice cubes before they, oh. pay, like. So that was part of the overwhelming with the first customers. So then that was also another good dad life lesson was, well, if, how could we make this easier? What was difficult about that? Well, it was hard to get the ice. Okay, well, what can we do? We filled all the ice up and then we had like pre-filled cups in the thing. Yep. So there's a lot of like good little life lessons in there. I love it, Maddie. I love it. Yeah. And, it they, was... and they only did it for, they, they sold out no more products, right? Oh, uh, no, we had more product. But, oh. um, you had enough. You know, like I saw how much money they had and I said, like, this is getting out of hand. <laughs> you shut it down early. Well, like the life lesson Profits. was supposed to be like, yeah. Yeah. you know, earning money is hard. <laughs> yeah. Earning money is not hard when you're like seven and cute and you've got a lemonade dance and a sign. Yeah, they they um they completely stomped out your your theory there. Yeah. So I mean I taught them to earn money. I taught them work is hard. I did not teach them that it is hard to earn money though, unfortunately. Next time when you're in your uh cul-de-sac, they'll get a they'll get a dose of reality. Yeah, they'll get a little taste of how difficult it is. Yeah. I'll teach you a lesson. All right. Well, that's that's a great story. Love hearing that. Um, I don't really, I don't really have that much from this weekend. We painted pumpkins. Yeah, watched some football. Luca was very upset that he couldn't have. You know, I have two TVs. He did just wouldn't, couldn't accept that I was gonna have Red Zone on one, the Dolphins on the other. He just could not, like, Daddy. Lucas TV, Daddy's TV. Like, nope, dude, I'm getting both these TVs. Both TVs are mine while the Dolphins are on. When they're off, we'll go one and one then. <laughs> but he couldn't accept it. Like, we're, I'm talking like he napped for some of it, but he was like an hour and a half of like just kept asking me on and on. I was like, absolutely not. I'm so jealous you still get naps. Oh, yeah. I've been at a nap for like two years. Really? Yeah. We stopped naps at like two and a half. The kids weren't going, uh, Ellie wasn't going to sleep. Luca likes to nap. 
oh, I mean, she definitely likes it, but like getting her down was like an eight to nine effort when we cut the nap off the nap off. It was immediately an eight o'clock, like out cold immediately. Yeah, I hear you. It's definitely harder to get him down. You're right. Yeah. But it's a nice two hours in the middle of your day. Oh, so good. Yeah. That's why I said I miss it. Like you used to get the nap. Like, you know. Oh yeah. All right. Well, that about wraps it up for betting with babies week seven. Mr. Clutch, we missed you. And he'll be back next week. Did we miss him? I don't think we really missed him. Did we miss him? You know, to be honest, I think this might have been an improvement. Yeah, I think it was an improvement too. All right. So that wraps it up for week seven, betting with babies. What does Mr. Clutch say? Whether you follow or fade, we hope you make some money. Peace out.